Oh, hi, Mark. The biggest match in history right here. Come on, guys, let's brainstorm this puppy. Like a box. Let me get this straight. Oh, we're talking now, ain't we? What? If you're not down with that, we got to work for you! Ball game! You're hearing me now, ain't you? What? The three-on-one beatdowns continued this Monday night on Raw, only this time it's kind of messed up. Not sure I understand why. Then on SmackDown, we learn Hell in a Cell will be a multi-celled organism. Welcome to Wishful Booking. My name is Liam McNulty, joined as always by Jimmy Moorcraft. What's going on, man? How are you? Not bad. How are you? Good. I loved all of that. That made a lot of sense. You approve? I approve. It makes sense based on the fact that what they're doing isn't making much sense. So Yeah, that's certainly where I was coming from. That was quite the tightrope to walk there. Thank you. Um, so we'll just dive right into Monday Night Raw this week? Yes, we will. Awesome. So Braun Strowman, I'm not, this is just going to come out how it comes out. Braun Strowman starts out the night by essentially cashing in his Money in the Bank contract. He agrees with Roman they're going to wrestle at Hell in a Cell. So, you know, putting aside that's a huge waste of the Money in the Bank briefcase, personally, in my opinion. I hope you got insurance. So whatever, they make the match. Cut to roundabout Raw's midpoint. Braun Strowman turns in the case to Baron Corbin, at which point I'm thinking, is Baron Corbin going to cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase? Like, what what are the f***ing rules here? Obviously, I went the other way with it, because then later on in the night, Braun Strowman turns heel on Roman Reigns. I guess, kind of, it didn't seem like Drew and, and Dolph knew to expect that. So anyway, um, that that's what happened with that storyline. I think Braun Strowman's a fucking idiot. Are you cool with the fact that I just unpacked all that <laughs> right to start? Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, we were texting about this. It's hard to formulate my thoughts on it. Yeah. I don't think anything you said is wrong or I necessarily disagree with. Um, is it Baron too soon? Corbin, I mean, uh, is it too soon to ask if if we'll get back to Baron Corbin? Is it too soon to ask if Braun Strowman's a fucking idiot for this? Because the only reason. Everything that happened up until the main event with him happened because of what was ultimately coming in the main event. Like, that's the only way to look at it where it makes sense. If you look at it from his perspective, it makes the opposite of sense. You know what I mean? Um, well, everything made sense if he was a babyface. He gave notice of the cash-in. You know, he handed in a briefcase because he, I mean, I guess it would have made more sense to carry it with him until Hell in a Cell, which also would have given Raw the next few weeks until Hell in a Cell a bit of unpredictability because... Strowman technically could have cashed in. I right. don't know if, I mean, the last time this has happened... I made a couple of assumptions there. You do realize why he gave in the case, right? That's, it's because... So, so, it so would, Baron Corbin could actually get a cash-in, a successful cash-in? <laughs> no, but I like where your head's at. But no, definitely not. Oh, I mean, I'm kidding too, obviously. Because I think... <laughs> Because apart from that, the only logical reason, I think, why that would have happened is just so that he didn't have it Monday night later on when he turned. Because then it's like, you know, Roman's taken out, the Shield's taken out, why the f*** wouldn't you just cash in then? Have the match at Hell in a Cell be a rematch. Oh, wait, you turned in the briefcase earlier, that's why. Oh, yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah, I don't know why he That's just, how I'm looking at it. I don't know why he just couldn't have carried it with him until Hell in a Cell, I guess, because it's an official, he's officially well, the only reason declaring that he's cashing in then. The only, but I'm saying it would it wouldn't be weird if like we're saying he just carried it even the way Raw started even if they did that and then he still carried it until Hell in a Cell that wouldn't be weird it was kind of pretty weird that he turned it into Baron Corbin but I guess we assume that's why he did it because the match is booked but I'm saying the only reason that happened was so that he wasn't holding onto it later because I really I think as far as WWE is concerned this is a heel turn for Braun. Uh, I think you're probably right. I, I think that if you dissect it, it doesn't have to be. I think that the only thing 
that makes it a heel turn for me was him holding up their hands because everything else was just an eye for an eye. And he right. chose heels to do it with. So that's where the issue lies. If anything, Roman, you could argue Roman was a heel last week for having his buddies beat the shit out of Strowman when Strowman was fairly cashing in. That's just how it works. Well, that's what I'm saying. Um, this week, Strowman just chose two of the biggest heels on the show to align with. And uh, I think WWE just threw everything at the wall because they needed a three-man team to face the Shield at Super Showdown. Um, I don't that's know another, if they're going to do yeah. a Braun with the, I don't know if they're going to do a Braun with they're trying to do Becky Lynch and have them like berate the fans. I just think. I mean, I think he's going to get cheered regardless. I don't really think much is going to change. He wasn't completely getting booed while the quote unquote turn was happening. Yeah. So I really don't think much is changing that side of the fact that now he has an insurance policy and. McIntyre and Ziggler, and I wouldn't get the impression that McIntyre and Ziggler knew the whole time what was going to happen. No, yeah, I definitely got the impression they didn't. Especially, they were kind of... Oh, I thought uh, you said skept- they did. No, okay. they were skeptical as Braun is just sitting there still on the apron. They were skeptically still attacking Roman, and but, but also kind of mining Braun to make sure he wasn't going to attack them from behind. Right, yeah. That's how it read to me. But yeah. when you kind of grazed um, over the idea that, of course, now this is going to be the three-man team... We're always living up to our name, Wishful Booking, here on this show, because we presented them with... I mean, granted, the episode got posted late as f***, but last week we presented them with no less than three way better alternatives to Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre to take on the Shield at Super Showdown. Yeah, did we say the Wyatt family on the show, or did I say that idea on the show, or just to you? Yeah, no, you said it on the show. That was the first idea. I suggested the club because I completely forgot about Sanity, which, thank God, you came in in the clutch, and... I think that would be my number one, would be a co-branded Sanity versus Shield. Just the fucking entrances alone would have the crowd chanting, this is awesome, let alone the match, which, you know, five really talented individuals there. Damn. I think my number one would probably be Undisputed Era. Um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Incredible. Yeah, the Undisputed well, Era. Well, I mean, yeah. not, you, you have your opinion, I didn't want to change it. No, um, but they're definitely a close second, at, at least. I kind of, I forgot about them. The Wyatt family, no, you might not have mentioned the Wyatt family. You were saying... Strowman, because we might have just been texting about that, actually. You were saying because the timing worked out with the injuries, Luke Harper, Bray Wyatt, and Braun Strowman, which you also correctly said was the best incarnation of the Wyatt family. Yes. And then you have and them. Bray the- Wyatt also uh, teased on Twitter that that could be a thing shortly. I don't know if it was the Monday of Raw, but he tweeted it was the same tweet that he sent out before Elimination Chamber in 2012 or 13, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. So uh, it just goes Bring to show you that the wrestlers really, the wrestlers really try and force creative hands sometimes because I guess Bray had to know that that wasn't the idea, but maybe he thought the creative would see that and want that to be the idea. Either that, or it was just a big misdirect in general. But I thought that was well, strange to go out of his way to tweet that. If, if that your theory the is right, I would hope that he would also, you know, let them know, like verbally too, just because you know why not? How did you feel about Roman's um, promo to Strowman before all this happened? Um, Telling him to step up and be a man, and now he's finally the monster. When when he tried to cash in, he had two of his friends help beat him down, and Strowman has been like wrecking him in their matches a year ago. And he was like talking down to him. I felt. Yeah. Back off, little man. No, definitely. Yeah, no, it was like they completely didn't even, Roman at least, didn't really want to address that last week, the Shield thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's dumb. I was looking forward to seeing how they framed it, and of course, I should have known they just didn't. They just didn't really call much attention specifically to the idea that that was pretty fucked up of the Shield, actually. Also, why didn't... I mean, I guess because we don't need to go over them in order, but we'll definitely have to go over the Rollins, the match that he had in 
spend time on that. But the Jinder Mahal Dean Ambrose match, um, not much to say on it. But I mean, part of me gets how they came out one by one because I guess they were selling the injuries of the matches that they were in earlier in the night. Yeah. But it makes me wonder why they are they going to pick and choose when to do the shield entrance and when to put on the gear. Like was last week just to show like they're back. And now going forward, the shirts are enough. Like, did yeah. that come across weird at all to you? No, yeah, definitely. Um, I guess because it really is going to depend on the creative of the specific Raw. Like, it was a little weird until you see that ultimately they were separate throughout the night. Like, even even up until the end, like, they were never united as the Shield. It was like Roman Reigns getting beaten down, then Rollins getting beaten down, then Ambrose getting beaten down, you know? You got a one, marry one, kill one. So Go. I think, and that was just based on that creative for Raw. Like, I, I think that's what it'll be based on going forward. Yeah, I guess. I just feel like there's still a faction whether or not they, they come out together or not. I mean, what, are Rollins and Ambrose in separate parts of the arena? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's probably a small detail, but I just thought it was kind of strange the way they laid that out. I mean, I get why based on how when one came in, they got knocked down. So that's how Ziggler, McIntyre, and Strowman got the advantage towards the end. So yeah. I guess they kind of had to do it that way, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, I just know they had too much going on because you still have the Ziggler-Rollins rematch that's going to have to happen at some point. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Dean's just kind of like the lost peg in this puzzle. For now. I mean, yeah, he just kind of got mean, thrown <laughs> in for the benefit of uh, Seth Rollins initially and then Roman Reigns, you know. Bigger picture. Like, dude, that was so weird. It was weird how eight days after, or whatever, two weeks after his return, he's in shield garb strictly to help Roman hold on to the title that he just won. Like, that was very, even more blatant. Because I said initially, you know, I have been saying, like, they're using, I don't know, they're using Rollins and Ambrose, and specifically Ambrose. Like, this guy's just fresh back from an injury. He came back with a new look. I'm sure the last thing he wanted was to be thrown back into the shield garb right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially for that purpose. Or at least I Yeah, I agree. Um, I like how they're positioning Ziggler and Drew as, I mean, when I heard they were going to be in the main event, I was pretty surprised by that. Um, I think it shows that Vince is semi, either they're just, uh, what's the word, Uh, um, punching bags for the Shield, or Vince actually sees them as an axe who can go toe-to-toe with the Shield. Um, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, it's go good for McIntyre. It's good for McIntyre specifically to be positioned to the fan base on that level. If anything, Ziggler is Ziggler, it but could um, McIntyre be. has has been uh, in the matches highlighted and gets some strong points with Roman. I feel like he got a decent amount of offense and made me want to see a one on one match with them. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know if McIntyre's singles run is anything they're gearing towards. If it's anything that then sees in the future, or Drew just happens to be at the right place at the right time. Like I don't know what. You know, yeah, what there is. See, the thing that you said about that, they're being positioned with Strowman to take on the Shield. Does that remind you of anything in recent memory? Like suddenly you need somebody for the Shield to go up against, and and so this team that otherwise, you know, the bar. I, the, yeah, yeah, the bar yeah. last year with the Shield. Suddenly the Shield is back, and they need, and suddenly the bar and the Miz are best friends because otherwise, why did the Shield come back? Well, that's the part. It, it was the Miz's allegiance with them because the bar war at that point, I think, multiple times, people take Raw Tag Team Champion on the show frequently. But yeah. the whole Miz thing is what, is what I, I can definitely see your point with. Um, and this time, the Shield came back just for Strowman because Strowman was such a. And now Strowman had to align himself with Dolphin Drew. So I don't know that it's. I, I hope it'll be good for Drew, but I don't know that necessarily it will be, you know. 
Because that's yeah. the reason. That's the um, reason. It has nothing to do with him. It's more about what they were needed for. Just like Dean and Seth. That comes right out of the box of gimmicks. Yeah, that's a good point. I wrote in my notes as Roman was talking, I hate Roman. So I could check that off. I said that on the show. So that's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, I guess we can go Ditto. to the other parts of the show quickly if you want. I mean, we can go back to that if we need to. Uh, oh, oh, well, we talked about they're gonna, it'll be a Hell in a Cell match between Strowman and Roman. Oh, yeah. Um, and you started to mention the Seth match. Should we talk about like all that and how it possibly ties together? Um, yeah. Uh, going in order, just the two matches that happened before that. Uh, Corbin, it was his first full week as general manager, acting general manager. Yep. And, um, and he managed to turn it into hit. a win for himself. Congratulations. I booked that sh- Al. He did. I, I thought, I mean, I, I was not happy to see Corbin and Balor again, but I thought it was clever of Corbin to use the rules and bend them to his advantage. Of course. Why wouldn't um, he? Yeah. And that's, um, that is what makes me think, you know, keep an eye on him with that case between now and Hell in the Cell. In terms of what, him cashing in himself? Yes, because why wouldn't you? No, because, I mean, they've already booked Braun and Roman, and really they just don't put that much thought into it. Well, I guess because title shots, you you just aren't given. So Strowman said that he's using the briefcase for that match, and I can see how it's logical to now relinquish the briefcase if the match for Hell in a Cell is now signed. The briefcase is no longer in play for that reason. Also, they never discussed this, but I have to imagine that this theoretical contract that exists in the briefcase has the winner's name on it at some point after they win it, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, no, they've never, no. they've I mean, never I, talked I don't, about that. Because as far as we know, what we see with the case is what is, you know what I mean? They've never opened it to sign anybody's name on it, so I have to assume that... Pos- that's, I was thinking about this earlier today. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. That's why if Baron Corbin is holding the briefcase... Because when they turn it in, we've talked about this before, when they turn it in to cash it in, the ref doesn't open the briefcase to check the contract. The, the case effectively is a guaranteed world title shot any time. It doesn't even matter if it's empty. You know? Yeah, and the only person who could reverse it on Raw is technically Stephanie McMahon, and she wouldn't. So I guess that is a possibility. And also, what you said, I hadn't even thought of that Baron Corbin, especially a sore subject for him, he would he has a specific reason to want to right that wrong, as he would probably see it in kayfabe. Like a second chance money in the bank. That would be a bold move on their part to do that. But it's an interesting thing to watch out for the next two weeks. Yeah, what I would have happen, you know, Corbin goes to do, and the ref would obviously hesitate, like, well, what do I... You know, there's no precedent here, but ultimately would say, yeah, fuck it, the guy's handing me the case. I know what I'm supposed to do in this situation. Yeah. But again, it's not going to happen because of lack of passion and balls. Um, after this, we had Dana Brooke versus Sasha Banks. I, it seems like they're doing the storyline with Apollo and Dana and Titus or something, which I guess that's good for them that they have some sort of a story. But Where do you see it heading? Weird. Um, I don't know if Titus is the one who's going to be, I mean, again, not everything needs to be a heel and a face turn, but it feels like Titus put Dana in a position that even Apollo acknowledged very smartly that Dana hasn't had a singles match in almost a year and it's Sasha Banks, so it kind of gave Sasha Banks some credibility. Well, yeah, they kind of, I watched it back actually, Apollo and Dana were under the impression that Titus was going to get Dana a jobber. Apollo was like, Toronto's finest, who you got for us? What's her name? And then Titus yeah. was like, Sasha yeah, Banks. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, but Apollo was really the only one skeptical. Dana was like, oh, really? Yeah, fuck it, I got this. Apollo was like, whoa, Titus. And Titus was like, nah, fuck it. And then they, and they left, and Apollo was still like, but really, though? 
Well, I mean, you have to assume that Dana saw, I mean, if she's a baby face character, you have to assume that she saw it as an opportunity. You wouldn't want her to say, oh my God, I'm not ready for that. You know, you're on the main roster, so you should be willing to take any opportunity against the multiple time women's champion that you, you can get. I mean, right, but Sasha she wouldn't Banks, then be able to hold it against Titus later that she lost. That's all. Yeah, well, I think that's why Apollo spoke up. I think that's where the story lies between Apollo and Titus. Dana's in it, but I think it'll ultimately lead to Apollo and Titus splitting, and maybe Dana managing Apollo, or... And apparently in, on Twitter and live events, they're teasing, like, a romance angle with them, which I kind of saw on Monday with the way he was looking after her and stuff, so oh, yeah. I, I don't know where it's going. I don't know where yeah. it's going, but... Uh, Neither does Vince. I mean, she, it was a decent two-and-a-half-minute match. I mean, she got boxing. Sasha gave her some heat, so, I mean, it was whatever. I don't know where it goes, but... Yeah, what's the over-under on Bobby Lashley eventually joining them? And that's, you know, that is not me talking. That is history. Uh, All I did was apply their existing formula for the team. I mean, at this stage and where it looks like they're leading to break up the entire thing in general, probably the odds are low. Okay. Very low. Yeah, I probably should have yeah. spoke up sooner on that one. Or maybe it's good that I didn't. Who knows? Um, after this, we had Seth Rollins come out to issue a IC title open challenge, which was uh, answered by Canada's own, uh, not Toronto's own, but Canada's own, uh, Kevin Owens, yeah. who gave a phenomenal, phenomenal promo. Um, I think the way you feel about Joe, I feel about Kevin Owens. And I know you love Kevin Owens, too. Oh, I love but, Kevin Owens. But there's just something, he's just so, you know... There's always the, I think that we think, oh, poor Kevin and this and that, but he legitimately has been a staple of WWE since he's debuted. And I wrote it down. He has been in the storyline since he debuted three years ago. He went from John Cena to Sami Zayn. He had his first IC title run um, and eventually had another one. He then did the Y2, uh, he became Universal Champion, did the Jericho Y2KO stuff, mm. fought Goldberg, did the Y2J face turn stuff, became the new face of America had Shane McMahon at uh, SummerSlam, transitioned into the Daniel Bryan storyline, and now just finished the Strowman storyline. Yeah, maybe. He's legitimately never been without a story. Now, I'm yeah. not trying to say that they've, they've built him in every single story. He also hasn't gotten injured, I mean, if we're still comparing him to Joe. Uh, well, I, I, Substantially. I just meant in terms of like a heel that we like when they talk and speak and act. Right. Not really the extenuating circumstances. But um, I just thought of that when I was watching it. This, uh, for me, ranks but, amongst the top TV matches of, of the year for me. It was just incredible. Um, yeah. I mean... It was fucking awesome. And, and the near falls, and I was hoping that he would do his uh, springboard moonsault. Um, I did pay attention to the commentary throughout the match. He wasn't positioned as a heel. He was positioned as someone who's been down on his luck and, and put in a phenomenal performance, and I think... An appropriate, we'll an appropriate performance. He was there was a sense of desperation the whole time through the match, which is totally consistent with where he's at. Yeah, totally, totally agree. He's like um, just real quick on the comparison of him versus Joe. I was thinking when you said that Joe is slightly more calculated in a good way. Kevin Owens is slightly more natural and comfortable on camera, also in a good way. You know what I mean? Like Joe is yeah, more. I don't know, like, he chooses his words more carefully, and that's better for him. And Kevin Owens, I don't know, just always seems to know the right thing to say without having put much thought into phrasing, etc. And that's, a you know, an advantage for him. But they're, like, different. They're, they're different in that way. I don't know, they're both fucking awesome. I love it! I really, totally, I would yeah. have a hard time choosing. I don't want you to slot me as the Samoa Joe over Kevin Owens guy. I, I really love them both equally. No, I, I just know the way you talk about him sometimes. And when I was 
watching mm. Owens, I feel like I had a, a similar reaction. Uh, but no, they're both phenomenal. Yeah, I had the same reaction um, for Owens, too. You just didn't let well, me say that yet. Oh, well, <laughs> then I guess you could... It's not a, com- sure. it's not a competition, but we're, we're neck and neck. They're having a hell of a match. <laughs> yes. Well, that's good to hear. So after the match, uh, Kevin Owens looks very disgruntled. He has the cherries in the middle of the ring. Uh, he was getting cheered. Oh. Um, well, you said the commentary was really painting him as like down on his luck and so on and so forth. And then after the match, Rollins kind of you know showed him the respect. Definitely took a moment with the body language to be like, okay, this guy kind of like, well, all right, kid, there might just be hope for you yet type thing. You know, even though during the match he was going after his shoulder and that, like I said, was a sense of desperation. But commentary even pointed out, like, Rollins showing Owens respect. So, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So then after the match, he's sitting on the chair. In well, the real quick, real quick on that point, I acknowledge that, and I think it fits into the narrative that we're talking about and the narrative they were trying to tell if this is where they're going. But Seth Rollins really, I mean, at this point, it's like the 85th time he's wrestled them. I feel like that was kind of too little too late, personally. I don't know if I'm overthinking it, but, like, didn't he always realize that about Kevin Owens? Seth Rollins is like the largest wrestling IQ in the company. You have to know that he's a good wrestler. You may not like him character-wise yeah, or be- align with his, you know, just to play, dynamics. Just to play devil's advocate or Vince's advocate or Seth's advocate um, or KO's advocate, he may have, because he had so much experience wrestling Kevin Owens, he may have gotten a sense this time that, because Kevin Owens traditionally is nefarious through intention, may have gotten a sense this time in wrestling him that he's, you know, still nefarious, but it's more so out of desperation in a way that's, you know, Seth Rollins can relate to. I don't know. I'm just trying to, you know what I mean? Like, he maybe Seth Rollins, over the course of wrestling that match, kind of got a different energy from Kevin Owens than he had in, you know, all those other times they'd wrestled for the most part. Which I guess gave Seth a newfound respect for Owens, is what I'm hypothesizing. Okay, that makes sense. Whatever pleases the court. I will accept that. Why do you make me do this? Um, so Owens is in the middle of the ring, sitting on a chair. Did you know what was going to come out of his mouth when this happened? Uh, no. No. Really? I don't know. I just oh, had... I had good for you! I mean, I guess that was the commentary, and I was thinking a lot during it, and I wasn't, like, totally shocked, but all he said was, I quit. Yeah. Got up and left. Um, there wasn't really a cheer as much as, like, if the Miz would have said it. Or if we're comparing it to when the Miz said he was going to retire on SmackDown the previous week, yeah. Um, and no, nah, nah, goodbye. His Twitter feed is now blank. The only thing that is there are two collages: one of his title wins and the other one of all the destruction that Strowman has cost him. My dude, um, utilizing social media like a pro—that's how we do. I don't know if this is the place where we should talk about our podcast yeah. host. Preach, um, but uh, Rich fans from the Wade Taylor podcast predicted that Owens will interfere in the Hell in a Cell match costing Strowman the victory, which would then make even more sense why Strowman turned heel, because it would essentially be a complete babyface turn for Kevin Owens, which could be logical after everything Strowman has done, essentially bullying him the past this whole summer. Totally bullying um, him. And then... Better late than never, I guess. It just, for me, I love that idea. I just don't know where they go from there, because I, I don't know if I can believe that Owens can beat Strowman in a match after seeing the squash match at SummerSlam. So I feel like they almost wrote themselves into a corner with the way they structured the match at SummerSlam for any possibility of that being a thing in the future, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think it'll be brilliant, and it'll tie together a lot of loose ends and show a lot. Um, I just don't know. And then there's other speculation from a dirt sheet. I don't recall which one that Owens is going to be a Paul Heyman guy. I don't know where the sources are from yeah. that. But. Maybe this is just dirt sheet rumor and innuendo. 
Listen, I don't think that should be a thing either because I think it'd be awesome. But Owens is, a, as we saw on Monday and for the past three years, a phenomenal talker. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Obviously, KO doesn't need a mouthpiece. But what else would he get? Massive status and credibility upgrade for one. Basic Brockonomics. And to the other point, I don't know if I trust WWE to handle him as a face. Although I've wanted it for a long time, so I can't. Um, wh- how would he show up at Hell in a Cell? Uh, well, I mean, I think there's going to definitely be a spot if Strowman's in the match where the cage, one of the doors are going to get ripped off. Something's going to happen. Wow. Um, Bold prediction. And then uh, Owen's music hits and, or I don't know, Strowman cheats. Well, you can't really cheat in a Hell in a Cell match. Or maybe like the Shield gets affected earlier in the night because Ziggler and McIntyre come out because that'll be before the six man at Showdown so we still have to kind of build to that match. Oh, definitely, um, yeah. Uphill-ass battle right there. And then maybe and Kevin Owens, Owens is the equalizer? Yeah, but I feel like Owens would have to make it known that he's not on Roman's side and that he wants the Universal Championship. He's just really against Braun. Mm. And I think that's where we can finally have a character who is quote-unquote babyface, uh, but doesn't like need you know that alignment. A real trailblazer like Punk or Stone Cold. Owens should make it clear, like, listen, I'm not totally, you know. But Owens not going to win the title from Reigns anytime soon. No, but I think it's so he doesn't have to, to, not, I mean, to not declare his... Should keep it focused on Braun. Yeah, I mean, I guess. But shouldn't everyone have to focus on, on the Universal Championship? And and if he's helping Roman win, there's that assumed... I don't know. Oh, assumed, yeah. You know what I mean? The Shield gets involved at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, uh, exactly. Dolphin Drew may be first, then the Shield get involved, the door gets thrown off. Everybody's messed up, everybody's down. Strowman gets to his feet, goes to capitalize on Roman... Owen's music hits, huge babyface pop, and then right there, for once, the roles are reversed. You see the look on Strowman's face, and he's fucking, you know, scared and desperate. Because he's, yeah, cause he's in mean, a state where he's uh, been in a match the whole time, so now Kevin Owens can do something. And as far as them having a follow-up match, you just have a really long match where Owens is going to be beaten multiple times, but he's able to fight out of it and come back valiantly. Still winds up losing, but he, you know earns any 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 skeptics that are still out there he earns over any remaining respect that way i think even in defeat i just don't know i i don't know if it's too soon i don't know if i, if I want to see it ever i just think owens is one of the one of those incredible heels but not a heel well i mean he's a heel totally a heel I, I i don't know if it's worth shifting the character i mean i feel the same way about braun i think braun got over in a very organic and natural way i think some of the stunts that braun did over you know, the past year and a half could have been very corny and campy, but it worked. And he, you know, for the most I part. never thought that Strowman would be as over as he is today, just because he's a big guy. If anything, we're in an era of wrestling where guys that big aren't getting over. So I just feel like to go to do all well, that work, yeah, it for depends these on the reaction. Well, most guys who are over are, are the audience prefers an indie guy who's well established, has a good work rate, which is what it is. I think the audience so prefers like talent. The audience recognizes talent personally at least for me well yes but Big okay small. so showman so showman's talented in in you know it's not about his wrestling so what's he talent that he can uh, he can accomplish scripted street defa- uh, uh um no he can talk his timing is down for his size he's a good wrestler he he fits his role perfectly I'm, i yeah he does he does and he's still improving i just i, I just don't know if it's worth shifting owens and 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 showman i guess is already shifted if that's going to be a thing going forward um i don't know i just don't know why you have to mess with owen just because you feel like you need to do something with him different 
I don't know if yeah. it's worth. Because where do you go then? Right. Like if he's on Raw, what's the WrestleMania match? And 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 reset, pal. You know, I just don't know if there's a long term plan for it. It might just be a thing to happen in the now. Yeah. I hope you got insurance. And maybe maybe Kevin well, Owens is close to beating Braun in the singles match. Sami Zayn comes back and screws him over. Just off the top of my head, but I really I don't know. My main thing is Braun Strowman is going to have up the most guaranteed chance anyone ever had of winning the main title on a brand it, like it just doesn't it doesn't i don't know he didn't have the will to use the case the way most people do effectively like you're totally allowed to so he set a match and cashed it in and then later on that slightly later on that night he gained the will to use the case in the way that people traditionally do. And he's a monster, so there's no way he wouldn't have... He, would have, he should have left Monday with the title, is what I'm trying to say. And he's not going to leave Hell in a Cell with the title. And he's a fucking idiot. Back off, little man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's... he's uh, I think he should have cashed in Monday. They should have made the rematch for Hell in a Cell, and Roman wins it back the way we're talking about. At least Braun didn't completely fucking, um, you know... Uh, Drop the ball with the case. Drop the case. Yeah, I mean, he, he did this week, but, but I mean, the past two cash-in attempts, Brock Lesnar beat him up, which didn't make him look very good, because Brock also was no, beating him up. Ultimately, ultimately, he had the case, and he's going to have lost right, it and knock out the week, title, and he's a monster. But before this week, he was going to cash in, and he got beat down by a 3-1 attack. So it's not like he wasn't ever going to cash in in the manner that you wish he cashed in on, is my point. So I right, think he, he's at a point now... Where he said, let's do it. We have a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view coming up. Let's do it in a cell where no one else can come in. But now that they did this whole Ziggler-McIntyre thing, it kind of negates his whole point I think he should doing I think Hell the, in a Cell. The only way what he did Monday night makes sense would have been if he had still had the case and he could have used it to cash in with the shield totally nullified. And then you have the rematch at, at Hell in a Cell. Like, I don't see, I, I, that's the way I would have done it, so that he didn't completely fumble the case. Which I think, right, I even, even I though guess, he tried I, I, to cash, his reaction then to last week trying to cash in the three-on-one beatdown, his reaction to it sucked and was very ill thought out at best. I think I'm done for now. Sorry. I, I guess my issue is in the writing because if, if they didn't turn him heel, I, I would have been fine with it. He had a three-on-one attack. There's a match coming up with a cell that will keep people out theoretically. Let's cash in there. But now he has his own two people. So if he had a regular singles match he would have had two people to help him anyway. So that's where my issue lies. Which for me is in the writing, not really on Braun. I fucking loved the idea of doing... Braun has to retaliate so he gets, so he brings in Bray and Luke. The timing's perfect. Like, that would have been just the best. The Shield comes back because I, wor- I was bothered that the Shield came back without a real reason. If they just came back to help Roman, you know, retain from Braun, then that's kind of heelish and kind of like bad guy-ish. And Braun getting the why, it's like it just blurs the lines. Like it just, it would have been perfect retaliation for Braun. This, I don't, I can't, it's hard for me to get behind this match. Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre randomly against the Shield. Like, me neither. I don't know. Me I think neither. if you wanted to make it special, the why, it's even more so the Undisputed Era, and I think even more so slightly sanity would have been just great. I booked that shit, pal. Just yeah, great. you're also trying to sell out an 80,000. Also, the ticket sales must not be good because the arena there, the stadium they're in, can sell up to 100,000 and they're already going down to 80,000. So I guess they're not expecting to sell out. Yeah, I mean, well, that could be, 80, 000, there's, you know, there's different layouts that could be with more seating available. Or, yeah, you're right, it could just be underperforming so far. 
it's also a place a place they don't often go. They never have gone for pay per view, and but yeah, the the way they're booking Triple H versus Undertaker. If I lived in Australia, I wouldn't be buying any tickets for that show based on any of the matches that have been announced so far. That's for sure. Well, I mean, we can't really say that. But I just did, and I don't take it back. Like you just said, they don't go to Australia all that much. They're having this huge marquee event as they're billing it as the largest <laughs> event in Australia. So if Undertaker and Triple H are there, you're going to sell tickets for it regardless. I guess. You're going to have the old school fans coming. You're going to have the people who are currently watching who care about it. I agree with you that the way they're 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 doing it with all the legends, and which we maybe should talk about as well now, um, is weird. And yeah. I think they're also telegraphing a Triple H win. I was so gonna. Much. I was just. You took the words right out of my mouth. I think Triple H fucking has to win. If you look at their career stats against each other, I mean, I'm just going off the yeah. top of my head, but I think Triple H is probably way, way, you know, less victories than Taker. Yeah. Also, I have to confirm, and I probably should have. I was at my desk and didn't really have time. I was on What Culture, and apparently, The Undertaker is confirmed for Raw on Monday. I don't know if they announced it or if the arena announced it or if it's they a didn't rumor. say that. They definitely did not say that on Raw. No, I know they didn't say that wrong. I'm saying I, I read it after the fact, but I don't know if they're getting that from the arena or if, like, I don't look at any social media accounts today. I'm, I'm not sure where, but what culture is a pretty, they don't really report on things that definitively unless there's a source behind it. So, um, I mean, they'd be dumb not to have Undertaker there at some point to, to sell the match. So, I, I don't know if it'll happen. It'll be weird to have Taker and Shawn Michaels are not advertised to Taker, so it's probably not happening. Uh, but I did read that on what culture. So, I'm googling that. it. Yeah, please do. According to SC Scoops, the Undertaker is scheduled so to make his return to WWE television next week on Raw in Columbus, Ohio. Does it say where? Oh, they're in Alexa. Yeah, Columbus. 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 PW oh, Insider. PW Insiders also reporting that. But is that based on like an arena advertisement? Does it say anything where the what a source where they're getting it from? PW Insiders reporting that he'll be there. There's no word yet on if Taker will be on TV or just for the live crowd. So it's just PW Insider. That's all it says here. That's all it says. I just wonder where they're getting it from, though. That's weird. They should, like, tell tell us that, right. where they're getting it from. From the WWE rumor mill, as another one says. Maybe this is just dirt cheap rumor and innuendo. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's weird that there's no, like... Yeah, whatever. Triple H going to win. I mean, I don't care about this match. Um... What else is on there? Uh, uh, Revival beat the B-team and it ended the B-team's undefeated streak, but like no one said that on commentary, which I thought was weird. I mean... They were like undefeated as a tag team yeah, for like ever. That was like their whole shtick. No, they were the only since they renamed themselves. That was like their... their... Oh my God, I know. That's what I mean. But still, right. that was, they, 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 they renamed themselves since the Superstar Shake-Up after <laughs> and four months ago. Yeah, I mean, it's the champions. They're the champions, so it kind of goes without saying they haven't lost in a while. I don't know. Uh, do you think Revival's going to win and they can end this? Because this is, this is really a disgrace on every tag team that's ever performed in the company, just my opinion. I can confidently answer that question because I don't believe that they will, to be honest. I, I don't know what their plan is or what's going on. Um, but no, I, 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 I don't think I do. Because I think that when the Revival wins, it's just going to be so dumbed you down You survived now. to dumb and back before. I mean, people like you and I will care, but I think Brooklyn yeah, would have been the best place to do it. You're going to have a great tag team as Raw Tag Team Champions once again. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think everyone else realizes that. A lot of people in the arena on Raw said that people were dead for this match. Dead for the Revival. They're, they're well, not I can't blame them. With them. I can't blame them, but the only hope the division has going forward is starting when the B-team is no longer champions. 
as far as it matches not being dead, etc. Well, you and I know that. I just don't think the casual fan knows that because they haven't done enough to tell the casual fan why their Bible are good. Right. So when they win, I don't really think it's going to matter. So it's a 50-50. I think that it would be ridiculous to have the Revival beat them in singles matches consecutively and then in the tag team match. Yeah. And then not win the titles. But they're doing this Same. whole fluke win stick. So I don't know. I, I really don't. I'm afraid to say yes because I don't think it is indefinite. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, the fluke win backfired Monday. Um, so moving on to Elias attempted to perform. He was interrupted by Trish, and they insulted yeah. each other until Trish slapped him. And then this went into Rousey and Natalia and Alexa and Alicia and returning Mickey James. Yeah, this is the whole. This is. I, I would love to be in the writers' room for them to conceive this segment this way. I mean. I think Elias and Trish played really well off of each other. I think she got a great Same. reaction. Same here. I really, I did. I liked it a lot. She didn't seem like she had like mic rust. Um, I will say that her face doesn't move that much anymore, which is a shame. She's still beautiful, but like, damn girl, lay off the Botox. Oh, you saying. did want to tell that um, on here? It's a good thing we don't have a big her, following, man, because you could be the next Dave Meltzer if you're not careful. Oh, come on. I just, okay, <laughs> no. I all right, right. I couldn't resist. Awful, I didn't know if you were going to... We texted about this a little bit. I didn't know if you were going to bring that up on air, but... Uh, I mean, you, I, if you think it's controversial, you can cut it out. No, no, just, no, 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 no. No, I was just kidding. I'll probably favorite. cut this out, but... I was just kidding. Uh, um, also, well, never mind. Anyway, so... I realized they were in Toronto. I didn't... We talked about this on air. I said that they were in Toronto this week and that Trish should come out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good call by you. So, but I didn't think they would do it in the way that they did it. No, of course. Which is kind of strange. Totally. Um, and again, I liked it for the most part. I just thought it was a weird... I just, I literally don't think they know what to do with Elias. And They literally they, don't. And, and, and it's working because he's so good at anything they put him to do. Uh, even if it means breaking a, a guitar for no reason whatsoever. Mm. Um, and then Alexa Bliss comes out and it, it, I don't know. I just, I just don't... I, I just think it, Elias being there took away from the fact that this was supposed to build a match that should be a lot bigger than it is. JR even said that the way that Trish was just announced in this match was ludicrous and awful, and I agree with him. True. You have, this is a match that... But that, at least... That, that, no, I was just going to say, this is like a dream match. True, but at least she was there to start. They, she started interacting with, with Alexa, and they... I think they went a decent way on Monday with Alexa saying the whole, you know, I'm your replacement, and then that obviously got a negative reaction, and she said... She challenged them, you know, prove me wrong or whatever the fuck she said. Like, she basically, like, I feel like there's there's some legitimate heat now. And I don't mind that necessarily that the match was booked, except for the fact that it totally telegraphed the SummerSlam match, you know, more than it already was. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like Trish's first singles match in, in almost a decade should be a little bigger than it did. And I liked what I, I, I liked what they wrote for them. Would you have been like better? Said. Would you have been better or worse if they used? Oh, you! I think you said last week they should have used this to start the program. Yes. Why didn't? Why not just use yes. that to start the program? And Alexa talks herself into a match suddenly with with Trish Stratus before she even knows. It. I think that would be definitely way better. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of better options. Than, than just announcing it on social media randomly. What so, else is new? You know, well, that's, that's, that's I mean. the reason that you know our podcast is still so important, um, honestly. And the only reason they did it was because ticket sales happened to happen that like previous weekend. So, I, I mean, I get it from like a business perspective. Right. But, um, they got a lot so, to build to right now. Too much. Literally too much. Yeah. Um, so that was that. 
Um, yeah. Also, the whole Mickey thing was, was just thrown out there. I feel like that could have been a bigger moment. Maybe at Evolution or the week before. You know, she was injured. I don't know. I think her and Trish had history. That was just kind of there, and they barely interacted. So, Mickey, we talked about this last week, too. Like, Mickey, Trish, the whole history, and would she be back in time? And then she just randomly came out. So, I don't know. I just think that this could have been done a lot better. Yeah. The, the idea behind it, not Monday specifically. Yeah, or even um, Monday specifically. I thought it was kind of a big deal that Alexa's not going to take her women's title rematch. because Right? Because she revoked that. She, she revoked it, I think, on Raw. No, she announced that she's going to have it at Hell in a Cell. That was the match that was announced, I thought. No, I know. You didn't catch She meant to say invoke. She said revoke, which means something different. I couldn't. I just. I couldn't oh. not. You know, the goddess. Even the best gift the gabbers have, have, have a right to have an off week once yeah. in a while. Even goddesses slip up sometimes, that's all. Even goddesses, correct. Um, so then Bobby Lashley defeated the Ascension. Again, like Elias, they don't know what to do with Lashley, you know. Except they're doing they're doing two different things that they don't know where they're headed with these two instead of keeping them together, which is fine. Um, and then Ambrose, you said, fought gender. Do we have anything else to say about the main event? Strowman Reigns and Dolphin Drew? No. No. Not me. Yeah. All right, cool. On to SmackDown. Um, how did they open this week? SmackDown. New Day, Celebration, and King Oh, God, Booker. how did I forget? So I, of course, spoiled this for myself. I was on YouTube, and WWE has to stop putting up the YouTube videos like as SmackDown's actively in progression. I literally avoid Instagram and Twitter, yet YouTube, there it was, front page. So I was intrigued to see how this all came together once I saw the fill of f***ing King Booker. Uh, and uh, I have to say, I genuinely like the New Day and the comedy, and, and I think they're good. And the comedy that WWE does in general is very hit or miss. I feel like it's either awful or clever. Yeah. This I thought was really clever. I thought it really landed. Yeah. I thought the crowd genuinely laughed. I chuckled a few times. I thought Booker, for having all of his announcing flaws that he's had, gave a really good promo, was really into the character. Totally. Um, I liked it. I thought it was fun, nonsense. and They were allowed to have it's fun. Good, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Big E was great. He was a star of the whole segment, of course. Definitely. And yeah, I just really liked it. That's really the most I have to say about it. My friends that don't really watch wrestling a lot were walking through during this segment, and like they knew Booker T. They weren't familiar with King Booker, so I had to explain a little bit. But when they cut to Big E, everybody was cracking up just with the face he made and like the, excuse me, hang on, you gave them cool names. What? That was hilarious. Yeah, they got to put him in like a WWE studio comedy or something. Yeah. Um, or and something. then they announced, uh, I really like how SmackDown should be showing, or well, SmackDown should be showing Raw how it's done in terms of treating a tag team division uh, and a women's division because I feel like both of those divisions were very representative this week. There were nine females on the show in some capacity. And all six tag teams were accounted for um, in terms of either a match that happened or a match that will happen. Right. Uh, we already have a mini tournament, whatever you want to call it, set up for the next uh, number one contender. And uh, it was uh, the bar, the Colognes, who, oh, my God, I feel so bad for them. They, get, they return after a year off screen. I yeah. mean, I'm not saying they're a big deal, but, I mean, God, can you, be not, can you not matter anymore? No, they anyway. can't. I mean, I'm honestly like they. When have they ever mattered? Corey even tried to say on commentary, like the you know the colognes have been formidable in their own right, and I'm like, when was that, Corey? Like, I know, I know you're trying to help, but when exactly was that? Because no, they weren't. Well, my point. yeah, I mean, they were. The hell, can he do? They were taking champions a very long time ago, and they're actually decent wrestlers in I a different iteration. I think, right? 
maybe, but I don't think so. Um, Primo, no, I think it was this one. Wasn't Primo and Carlito? Wasn't Primo and Carlito? Uh, um, doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, I think that was another one, actually. The the tag team division over the years has, has, you know, peaks and valleys. Yeah, certainly has. So, yeah, this was a a good match. The bar won. I like how the bar kind of regaining their traction from how much they were booked on Raw when they were the champions over there. And um, I guess we're leading to another bar New Day match because Vince knows that it'll be amazing. Or maybe New Day versus Sanity or even outside chance New Sev Day, a.k.a. New Day versus, you know. Rusev Day. Um, yeah. I, I think well, I, I mean, Sanity Sanity would be my pick. Like, no offense to the bar, but Sanity would definitely be my pick because they never really, I, I don't know, Sanity. Well, they just lost They just lost to New Day in the opening round of the tournament to crown the SummerSlam number one contender. Right. That's why they I really mean, need to come to back in a big way from that. Yeah, I, I just don't see them winning. I think it'd be another win for the New Day. So I don't know if it's worth it to keep devaluing Sanity's status just because New Day needs a heel opponent. I mean, they would have a tag team title match. I mean, yeah, and, and if it's really good and it goes a while, then yeah, I guess losing isn't the biggest thing. But I don't know. I, I don't. I just don't think Vince sees them as an act that is that big. Yet. Um, well, yeah. I mean, how do you think you get there? How do you think you get him there, Vinnie Mac? I mean, I don't mean to tell you your business, sir. <laughs> Goddamn, pal. Um. Then we had uh, Naomi versus Billy Kay, continuing the iconic uh, semi-push. Heating them up. Heating them up. For Australia. Um, yeah, I, I like that a lot. At Naomi's and, expense, um, which is fine. Yeah, I can do with that Naomi, to be honest. I think she's had her... I think she's had more SmackDown title reigns than she ever thought she would, and I think I'm okay with it if that's the only one she, she ever gets. Whoa. Um, that's fair. Not- yeah, very good. Um, and then after this, they transitioned to an awesome Carmella promo backstage. Yep. Awesome. I love yeah. her. Um, really, really good. And um, up to the R Truth stuff, because why not? Well, that's another. T- I mean, make them a tag team at some point. Like I said, the perfect truth it writes itself. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's a jobber tag team, you need it is. tag teams like that in, in the division. People like Sanity who could be. That's what you need. Yeah, which they'd be perfect so for. That's the thing they should do. And I think that the humor is decent. Um, Ty Dillinger saying yeah. this is my life was a little meta. Like, yeah, yeah, you thought you were signing up to be a wrestler. Ha ha ha. But yes, no, to answer your question, this is your life. Huh. Um, what we had, uh, uh, are we on Brian yet? Because I really want to, I can't wait to talk about that. What was next? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, that's, uh, let's just talk about okay. it. Okay. I mean. So, well, there was a tag team match, there was Naomi, there was the Charlotte match, and then, oh, and then, yeah, there was four matches. Yeah. Right. Um, so, Brie and Daniel come out. DB and Brie B. And Brie continues her string of awfully manufactured promos. Yes, um, she sucks. I just don't get it. If you can't say something entertaining, then shut the hell up! Also, what did you think of when Daniel was getting the Daniel Bryan chant and Brie was in the ring? Did you think anything during that? No, uh, that he's more popular than her. Well, I mean, that's a given, but I feel like, and I don't know if it's as, either as his husband or maybe the writing team should have, like, try and get her over again after being not around for so long. I think it would have been nice for Daniel to maybe acknowledge Bree's presence in the ring because, I don't know, Bree didn't seem unhappy, but I felt like it was awkward for her to stand there. You know, she's also returning. You know, Daniel's been back for a few months now. 
and I feel like Daniel maybe should have said something about that. Just kind of how I felt while watching it. Yeah, I don't know. This whole the whole maybe, th- the whole inclusion maybe, of her has been you know weird and out of left field in my opinion. It was, but this whole segment I think sold me on it completely. Um, so they're in the ring talking, and yeah, Andrade and Zelina come out, which was out of left field. Yeah. Um, on at Wade, first, I was afraid. It was suggested what? that this match would have been on Brian's checklist if he were not planning on re-signing to have before he left. Although, alternatively, I was already thinking when when I saw the match got signed, like, oh, that's perfect. It's a it's a you know they're getting ready for a mixed tag match, and it's a male and a female. I mean, I, I thought that was you know fate. I mean, they could have had a mixed tag, Brian and Bree versus Andrade and Zelina, but I think you know the one on one match is just a better better option. Well, Sorry, go that's ahead. That's what I thought. But then Zelina came out in her not ring attire. So they could still do that match leading up to the Hell in a Cell, which I totally. think is a mistake. I don't think Andrade and Zelina could afford another loss right now, um, personally. Well, if Especially they do that match in the build-up to Hell in a Cell, I mean, unless a Miz antics actually leads to a victory for them, that's probably what's going to happen. Well, that would be fine. But I also feel like they would just give them like almost like a, a welcome. Also, it's weird that... The Bella Twins are going to be in Raw next week in a match. Yeah. Yet Breeze on like both brands and like Nikki's just hanging out. We don't know what she's doing at Evolution yet. And it's just very weird. Well, we have an like idea. Throw, they're, just, they're just throwing them anywhere, I feel like. It's kind of awkward. Um, it is awkward. It's, uh, yeah. Um, but my God, Daniel and Andrade had a. I mean, I was excited as soon as Andrade came out, regardless. Of course, yeah. It wasn't a tag. Yeah. Um, it wasn't. 10 minutes, probably one of the better well, maybe best of the year, 10-minute matches, or under 10-minute matches. Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, the whole segment was very smartly done. He had Brian and Andrade working their asses off. I booked that sh- Andrade has to be careful, though. He takes a lot of unnecessary bumps. It, it, it's very scary. Yeah. Just it's too much. I appreciate Dude, him so much. Dude, oh my God. He- when his head rocked on the apron, when he got knocked off the turnbuckle, that was that yeah. was pretty crazy. Yeah, like, no, dude, stop. You're, I mean, you're amongst the top five in-ring competitors in the company, no doubt, but you don't got to prove it every night. Um, yeah. I mean, I admire that he does. It just kind of validates our point. Anyone who likes him at this point, but uh, yeah. Um, so then I liked how they set this up. The Miz and Maurice are watching backstage. Maurice decides to go out. Then the Miz's music plays. Um, Delina tries to fuck with Bree while Andrade is in the yes lock. And I... Yeah. Did Andrade actually tap? No. By the way? No. He didn't? No, no, that was no, because uh, Zelina fucked with Bree. Bree, you know, countered it, but then Maurice fucked with Bree, and then that's Daniel Bryan broke the yes lock to go check on Bree. No, I know, but I just, I, I don't know. As soon as the yes lock was on, I was like, oh, God, Andrade's in a tap. Like, this must be his thing when he faces, like, really great competitors, as it happened with AJ, with the gap crusher. So, I don't know, with the whole roughly distracting, and I love Andrade, so the fact that they protected him so much is, is amazing, and I'm glad they did that. But I feel like it would have worked to the story of the match to have Andrade tap out if you're trying to continue to build Brian and do the whole referee turning around spot. Because the referee being distracted didn't really matter, technically. Oh, you're saying it wouldn't have cost him the loss because the ref wouldn't have seen it. Right. So, I, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that would have made that more sense with the Miz story. Yeah, you're right. Like, Miz so, would have cost him that victory. Right. So, I was like, wow, is Vince this high on Andrade that they're doing this finish? They're not having him tap out. And they're doing a DQ. And they're having him stand tall with the Miz afterwards. Here's the thing. Well, so yeah, I, Andrade, I Andrade wound up that. losing by DQ when Miz hit Brian. So, would that make sense? Because what we're talking about is only half of it. If Miz, the ref's distracted because of Miz, Andrade taps out, Brian should have won, but he doesn't because the ref's distracted. That really only works if Andrade then goes on to win, correct? 
You know, because Andrade still lost the match, so so Miz wouldn't really have cost Brian anything. Would be one argument against that. Yeah, fair enough. But I love, I loved it. I loved, I loved. I the, love it. I think it was smartly done. I think it gave a lot of heat to this match, and it made me want to see it a lot more. Yeah. And I just think everyone did their part very well. Yeah. And and Maurice's DDT looked pretty good. I have to say. Yeah, all things considered, sure. Well, well, you know. Brice and mom hasn't wrestled in a while. All I those mean, things. she barely, I don't even think she did that in the next tag at WrestleMania with Nikki and John, which they should also touch on a bit that she's facing another Bella twin. Yeah, I mean, they might not. John and, well, yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe. Um, oh, maybe they'll do another Total Bellas thing. What was it called? Uh, huh? Total Bellas? It was called Total Bellas. No, when, oh, when the uh, Miz and Maurice mocked oh. Nikki and John. Oh my God! What the? Fuck? I think it was just Total Bellas. It, it was matter. just them pairing Total Bellas. So the, they no, should do. They should total, do. They sh- no, Total Bellas bullshit. But I like title. that line of thought. They should definitely do that with Brian. You might as well because it's the same. It's the same. More Total Bell shit, basically. You could have Miz be a vegetarian. What? No, I, I thought it'd be funny. Was it funny? Yeah. Like really, like be, be like in like a farmland, like make fun of that aspect of them. That'd be funny. Yeah, they're yeah they're hippies and. I thought it'd be funny. It wasn't funny. Brian's right. back yeah, it and Brian. It kind of writes itself. <laughs> no, definitely. But um, on the other hand, though, Brian could also do that to the Miz and Maurice now, too. Yeah, fair enough. Not that it would necessarily be funny or even well advised, but they could. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, what? Uh, so then, what Samo- AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. Joe calls Wendy. Styles tries to find Joe, and eventually he doesn't. Yeah, so, oh, this we, was a bit of a down. And we learn they'll fight at what? Hell in a Cell in a regular match. Oh, did we skip Randy and Jeff, or did that come after this? We skipped it, but it can come after this for all intents and purposes, right? Okay, well, I was going to say, I mean, without going out of order, because the two kind of entered into line with me, I thought, I think that there's a lot of matches on SmackDown randomly that could be in the Cell. I even think Becky and Charlotte could be in the Cell. Um, True, I think, and I really was hoping that Joe and AJ would be in the cell. Yeah, and I would Joe much and rather AJ, them over Randy and Jeff. Joe and AJ, or even Miz and Brian, is in a singles match, like you said, over Randy and Jeff. I totally agree. Yeah, um, I literally wrote down for the WWE Championship match, not in Hell in a Cell, AJ versus Joe. Hell in a Cell, not for the WWE Championship, Randy versus Jeff, not AJ versus Joe. That's how I wrote it on the board because it, yeah. it should be AJ versus Joe. You're right. The only other thing that I was thinking of in defense of them for this decision is that the card right now for Hell in a Cell looks pretty good. I mean, there's an intrigue at, at the very base level in the mixed tag match. Uh, Becky and Charlotte have a story behind them. I'm excited for that. AJ and Joe had a great match at SummerSlam, so just seeing them again is the seller for me. Jeff and Orton I would not be excited about in a singles match, so if they're going to do it, at least you have the cell to play with and make the match exciting. Right. And then you have Strowman and Roman in a Hell in a Cell, which I think will be good. And then you have Ronda and Bliss again, so the card looks pretty good. Yeah. And I almost feel like AJ and Joe is there to be like your pure wrestling match on a show that maybe won't have a lot of them. Okay, so is that your reasoning as to why it's outside the cell? That is my the reason why I'm not so upset with it. I still think it should have been. And also, but I think that when I look at it that way, it makes sense a little bit. Yeah, you know, we both know Jeff Hardy's going off that cell, obviously. God, I fucking hope not. Are you kidding? Why else? Why else would you make this match? No, I'm not saying I don't think I think you're wrong. I'm just saying I hope not because I think he's going to kill himself eventually at some point soon. 
Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll take steps to protect him, I guess. I don't know. I feel like Shane has ruined that now because he does, he's done it twice. So now, like, that happening again, like, the live crowd will always pop. But, I mean, personally, I'm not Well, about Jeff you. is going to do, Jeff. Shane just does the falling elbow drop. Jeff is going to do a swanton. So it's, it's different. I mean, if, really we're, if we're being completely, if we're being completely honest with ourselves, Mick Foley completely killed the gimmick in 1998. If we're being completely honest with ourselves, but we're not. Yeah, but he only fell off the top of it once, and he went through it. I'm just saying he did thing. He set a precedent that couldn't possibly hope to be matched by most of the subsequent Hell in a Cell matches. Well, also because of the fact that they hired it about six, seven feet too. Yeah, and one thing we know about Jeff Hardy is he'd rather be higher than not. Wow. What? Talking about Hell in a Cell, you just said it's higher, and I just said yeah. uh-huh. that's even more sure. the reason, because Jeff likes to get higher, you know? Yes. Jeff would rather be more right. high than slightly not as high. I mean, who wouldn't? CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> Good Kevin Owens in kayfabe. So back to the Joe AJ segment for a moment. This was kind of a backward step for me because this is what I was afraid the, the, the angle would turn into. I thought SummerSlam was done very well because Joe's very good. Mm-hmm. And I think Joe is good here and I think AJ's reaction was good here and I'm never going to have a problem with how they're delivering the material. But I'm having a problem with the material because I really feel like they're going to do a segment where Joe is legitimately at the school. Well, that's what he said. That's for next week, right? Basically, he implied that. Parent-teacher night? Yes. Yeah, but I mean, come on. Now, we're getting, like, a little too much into, like, the attitude over here. Or, like, yeah, you know, I mean, Orton, Triple H invading Orton's house or, all, you know, just, it, come on. No, it, I it, hate that kind of shit. Yeah, right. Me too. So, I mean, I'll, I'll wait to judge it until I see it, but I, I think that they're, they're going a little too much with this family storyline. And, and, again, it's not about the title. Well, it's ultimately about the title. That's why Joe's going through all this trouble, to try and get in AJ's head, to try and put him in a more vulnerable condition to win the title off of him. Um, I think that I agree with you. I hate hate when they do shit like this. But it's implied, though, Jimmy. The match is for the title. Why else was he doing all this? Because he doesn't like AJ? Talk about the title in your promos, though. Just a little bit, maybe. It's already not main event in shows. We need something to boost this fucking historic championship somewhere with somebody. Please. Yeah, I was just going to say, I hate segments like this, but I think that they're the most safe in the hands of, you know, the caliber of talent of Joe and AJ Styles. Um, That I agree with. They make sure you ain't booty. On Tuesday, AJ said that Joe brought his family, brought his his daughter into it, and it was like, no, you did that. You you brought your daughter to SummerSlam, presumptively. That was one thing. Um, And another thing... Yeah, go ahead. Just real quick daughter and not his other four children go on i'm glad you said that i was gonna say the reason that they didn't bring all his kids to SummerSlam is because four kids to vince turns a guy like aj styles into a guy like heath slater you know yes yeah 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 for sure in his eyes only yeah very just strange very strange yeah um so, uh, RKO Jeff Hardy, RKO got inside Jeff's head, or at least on his face. Did you have anything else to say about that? Um. RK no. Why didn't it say no. RK? Why didn't it say RK no on Jeff's face? Why didn't it? Yeah, because they seem to. Yeah. Should the way that huh. you know. Oh yeah, that would have been funny. 
Um, I mean, no, I don't have much to say outside of the fact that Orton, I feel like this heel gimmick is already, well, not the gimmick, his heel turn, I guess, is already verging into, like, stale status because he's saying the same things in his promos. Yeah. Like, how many times can you say it'll be RKO? Like, is that, a, I mean, that's the new thing, I get it, but he, he's not like this. He was it's never not really a new like thing, a catchphrase. No, but he's never he's never actually acknowledged in a promo what the RKO stood for, or 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 ended it like that. It's always kind of gone without saying, but yeah, I know. This, but the, the particular line that he's been ending promos with, he's never said before until he started the heel turn. Is my point, right? Okay, and it's becoming and it's, and it's becoming redundant for me. Oh, That's totally, all. it is redundant. Totally, yeah. Like you can end it in another way. Yeah. Um. So moving on to the main event of the evening for SmackDown. Charlotte versus Carmella with uh, Becky. Where's Becky? When's Becky going to come out on the back burner? Um, do you think Charlotte is a good face? Or, or is it? Can we be still having a conversation? <laughs> I think she was a good face before this happened. <laughs> I think she cut a phenomenal babyface promo. I got to give it to her. An interview. Both do you think it justifies? It justifies them continuing on the way they're the way they're going. The promo um, she got. No, I don't think it. I don't think it justifies it. I'm just giving her credit for the promo that she cut at all. Yeah, no. Yeah, it was sick. I just, after SmackDown um, Tuesday night, I tweeted, the crowd is still behind Becky because of how she's acting, not in spite of it. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, so I, I've been reading and I saw that WWE edited out the stuff that Becky said about the fans in the YouTube version of the promo from last week which the dirt sheets were speculating that Vince is now kind of backtracking on making Becky the prototypical bash the fan kind of heel and do what I said and central on Charlotte. This past week, though, I I mean, she didn't say anything about about the fans, but I'm still getting a full heel picture. What about you? Yeah, same here. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. But I do think it's interesting that they chose to do that. Yeah. Because that's what I said that I didn't like to think it it wasn't necessary. Really, was to go that route with her? I think yeah, her frustration with Charlotte is enough. There's, you know, that that if anything, that was just to buy them time. And I definitely also got the impression on Tuesday, like she's still full on heel, even though. But uh, but, it, but you know, hopefully it's it's a situation in flux because even right up to the end when she called Charlotte a bitch, the crowd was one hundred percent behind her and kind of, you know tending against Charlotte as a result. I mean, not even kind of. They were they were not into Charlotte last night. No, they were not. Um, uh, Charlotte and Carmella had a, a decent match, too. I have to say. Carmella is, is really, yeah. I, I feel like, improving more and more. Um, they were given time? Suicide dive. Yeah, good time. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I like her um, suicide dive, too. Yeah, it, they're, they're, it's pretty crisp. When she did it, when I saw her going forward at SummerSlam, I was like, uh-oh. Because I don't really remember her in NXT doing it. I'm sure she did at some point. But, um, yeah, I just noticed that as well. Yeah. So you think Becky should win the title at Hell in a Cell? I do. I think Becky should win. She probably will win because I don't know. It's not confirmed that they're doing this again. But last year they did the Survivor Series champion versus champion thing. And I think I personally liked it. I think it gave us some matches that we would never see. We would have never gotten Charlotte and Alexa Bliss, and we would have never gotten Brock and AJ for a long time if that if the yeah. series didn't happen last year. Yeah, that would have been travesty. But I kind of think that they're going to put the title on Becky at Hell in a Cell, so then it'll be a heel Becky versus a face Ronda armbar versus armbar at Survivor Series. And then you save Charlotte and Ronda maybe for WrestleMania. 
you have Charlotte win the Rumble. Uh, that would be that would be sick. I think they should do that. Yeah. So that gets the wrestling. So I just booked the entire next four months of the women's division. There. There. Boom. Done. And then, I like and that then, idea a lot. I, I, I already was pre. I was ready. Was thinking that Becky's got to win the title next time. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No. And then you do Charlotte and Ronda at WrestleMania and Becky and Oscar at WrestleMania. Yeah. There you go. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So if Charlotte wins this match, she goes into the Survivor Series. Presumably, unless they, she could drop it before then. It's not until November. Right. But she would go in as champion. Ronda, I don't think, is dropping the title. So then you have a situation where you're doing Ronda and Charlotte before the rumored slash what I think should happen WrestleMania match. Yeah. And Charlotte's also baby, quote unquote, baby face during this, too. With Becky, right. you have a straight up heel. I mean, well, kind of. I can't say yeah. straight up heel, but you know what I mean. As of now. Um, Ish. The program would work better, I feel like, with Becky and Ronda. Um,. You also need Ronda to face formidable opponents before getting to Charlotte, in my opinion. Which I guess you think Becky sense. is one. I do, yeah. And also, this is coming from a huge bluff guy, so it just goes to show you that my bias is not that strong. Um, but people who are, you know, the right, women who are the workhorse. Because Ronda will have fought Alexa Bliss twice at that point. So, you know, as far as her beating credible opponents, that's two credible victories right there, right? Yeah, I don't. Okay, so credible, yes, but I mean, uh, you know, like uh, the work, like the workhorse. Yeah, I know. Of, of, you oh, know, yeah. Becky is like Becky, a, a like Becky worker. and Charlotte, right, right, right. Sasha Bailey, right, the four horsewomen, essentially, right. Um, so, um, yeah, and I don't know if this is how Vince is thinking, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is. So that's what I kind of see the plan being. That could be a really sick match. That could easily be Ronda's best match to date: Becky versus Ronda at Survivor Series. That could be like a you know on par with like AJ versus Brock for the women, kind of. It, well, maybe in a totally Agreed. different way. I don't know. I just I, it has a lot of potential, and I think it's a very yeah. viable option. Well, I mean, and I think Charlotte and Ronda would also be a great match too. Though. Right, but for the reasons you're saying as to how that that would kind of rush that for Survivor Series, I like how you've mapped it out. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well, assuming well, don't say well done yet. It has to be done. It has to be done. <laughs> well, I mean, by you, by you, uh, in your optimism. Um. Do you know if Evolution is taking the place of October's pay-per-view this year? Like, that's the pay-per-view that's going to be in the October time slot? I figured between that and Super Showdown, those will probably be the only two. Right, right, right. I forgot that one in October. Right, right. That makes sense. Okay. That's kind of Although we could probably find out for sure, because the Greatest Royal Rumble was was totally just extra compared to their pay-per-view calendar. Oh, you're right. I wonder what. Um, but this would be better planning, I think, as far as not oversaturating the calendar. I guess. Yeah, because then it'd be like three pay per views if they did that. Uh, Evolution. Yeah, it's Evolution and then Survivor Series. Yep. Well, Evolution Takeover War Games. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Smart. Awesome. Smart by them. I think that's it. I don't have. It's not a fun fact, but I do have a fact this week. I don't know if you know it or if the people know it. Let's find out. Um, so, did you hear about the PWI Top Five Hundred? Uh, yeah, for the, did it come out, the the 500 came out, or just was that like a for the week thing? Like top 10? top 10. Yeah. For, for, the, for the 500, yeah. Um, so I have the list of the, um, top 10 here. I think I heard who number one is, and I totally agree with it, but go ahead. I want to hear the rest no, of the list without, anyway, obviously. W- w- without a doubt, I agree with it. Uh, but I'm going to go in backwards order. Um, so... The Miz is number 10. Uh, okay. Uh, I, Better than 9 through okay. 1, I guess. Do, Go ahead. Do you, do you have an opinion on that? I mean, I wasn't really ready ready for this. I mean, I, you know, I guess he's having a relatively... 
good run yeah, this year? For sure. So. Yeah, that's what I would say. It's based. I do have to say they say it's based on win loss records and championship belts and kayfabe. Yeah, this, this list. of course. Keep in mind. Right. Yeah. Um, eight is uh, Naito. Wait, who's ninth? Who's ninth? Tetsuya Naito. Ninth is ninth. So New Japan is nine. Yes. Okay. Uh, number eight is Cody. Which okay. I think makes sense. He's Definitely. had a pretty good year. Definitely. Now I'm looking out for Aldis on this list. Go ahead. Probably not. Number seven is Roman Reigns. Better than six through one. I mean, he was gonna yeah. fucking be. He was gonna be on there. So he'll be, and he'll be number one next year. If I can predict the future now, probably. Probably, yeah. Because he's Vince's boy. Um, number six is Braun Strowman, which I think is a little controversial, personally. Actually, I a guess little I bit, but if you look at his win loss record, I mean, it's probably justified. And he also won the greatest Royal Rumble and the Money in the Bank in the same year. True. So very there, true. There's that. Yeah, first time ever. Nobody's ever won both the Money in the Bank and the greatest Royal Rumble in the same year before. Hell no. Next up is Seth Rollins, who I think should be higher. I think Jeff he Hardy be a style, three, personally, but he's not. Um. Yeah. In fact, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but. How great would it be if Seth and Roman's roles were reversed right now? That would just oh, be fucking amazing. perfect. If the guy the fans all like the most was actually on top. Phenomenal. We'd be having great... The, the, the match we saw with Kevin Owens could have been for the Universal Championship. Again, with with the roles reversed this time at Hell in a Cell. Imagine that. Yeah. I the mean, first, well, yeah. The first match was Owens the champion. Could have been Rollins the champion. That's certainly one way to look at it. I just mean in general with, with Rollins winning the Universal title thanks to Braun. You know, you just did it. With Rollins instead of Reigns, and then Reigns and Ambrose are coming to Rollins' aid to help him retain the title, and then, you know, maybe you had Roman versus Drew at SummerSlam for the Intercontinental title with Dolph and Dean, respectively, in their corners. Just to Oh, no, for just sure. I mean, no, I, I knew where you were going with it. I just meant the coincidence that the Hell in a Cell being the next pay-per-view and, oh, and Owens and Rollins just having a match on Raw. Yeah. My point um, was My point was even the PWI acknowledges that Rollins in every tangible way, both is and should be higher than Roman. Yeah, absolutely. That's all. Um, Brock Lesnar's number four. Naturally, I mean, if anything, he should be higher, you know, because of, of the run with the title, but I'm sure it'll, yeah. it'll justify itself. Who else? Okada's number three. Okay. Ada. Okay, Ada. AJ Styles is number two. Really? And Kenny, yes. Well, he wasn't on the list yet. You had to know he was he, he had to be coming. Oh, I uh, what the fuck did I hear about Tommaso Ciampa then? Because I thought he, I thought that's who we were, you know, sure had the best year. What, but Kenny, that's why when when you said AJ Styles, that's why I was like, oh, I just wasn't thinking about everybody. I was like, oh, Kenny Omega is not on it because I was thinking Tommaso Ciampa was 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 was, thought- was number one. What really. A- I thought I, wow, I, I read a headline really... in passing that said Tommaso Ciampa is the top of the PWI, the top 10 PWI oh, something. I mean, that would be, that. I mean, I love Tommaso and he's doing a great job, but that would not be justified. Number one. Yeah, I don't know. They take he, a lot he, he's had it. like three, he's had what, three, three matches that were all admittedly amazing, but like, come on. Um, all right, well, I'm going to edit I all this out. See... What did I read? Do you have any idea? WrestleZone. No, I, I fucking checked that. WrestleZone to make sure there really wasn't any to, wor- to make sure there wasn't any last minute late breaking news that we weren't sleeping on, and they fucking misled me. Isn't that just life in a nutshell? 
It um, says, I, I will tell you what I misread. Tommaso Ciampa's... Tomo- oh, okay. Wow. I'll tell you what I, what I thought I read was Tommaso Ciampa owns PWI 500 Top 10. What it actually says is Tommaso Ciampa's own PWI 500 Top 10. Yes. And, and it's probably just him Tommaso 10 Ciampa. times. Yes. So. No, it's, it's Tommaso Ciampa, the greatest sports entertainer of all time. Number three, the champ. Number four, the main event. Number five, Mr. Takeover. Okay. Number yes. six, Psycho Killer. Number seven, Tommy Sports Entertainment. Eight, Blackheart. Nine, C. Number one through eight. And ten, Photo Below. Uh-uh. Right, that's what I said. It was him ten times. Um, well, yeah, you can see how I, I didn't having put no thought into it whatsoever. You could see how I misread that and, and just I didn't put any thought into it, man. Well, the fun facts are not meant for you to put thought, thoughts into. That's why I do these, so it's okay. Sweet. Then I did it right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Kenny Omega. I mean, I personally think AJ Styles probably should have been number one over Kenny Omega. I personally don't watch enough New Japan to argue one way or the other, honestly. But, I mean, he, um, he's not even... We're talking about a guy who can't even main event a WWE pay-per-view with, with the WWE title, so... Probably a case to be made. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's no, it's not a good point. He, he absolutely could main event. I was saying from Vince's perspective. He could main event, well, but I yeah, mean, he's not. Well, no, the, the point I thought you were making is that he wouldn't be number one because of him not main eventing the pay Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I just, I'm glad the PWI is more in touch with reality than Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Yes, definitely agree. And that is the top ten list. And that is wishful booking for the week, if I'm not mistaken. It certainly is. Awesome. Thank you very much for joining us for wishful booking. My name is Liam McNulty. Follow me on Twitter at RealHugeActor. You can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Moorcraft. Like us on Facebook at Wishful Booking Pod and email in wishfulbooking at gmail.com. We've got a few weeks till Hell in the Cell and then a few more weeks to Super Showdown and then Evolution for her. Yes, sir. And we'll be here all along the way. Stay tuned, folks. Later, guys. Before we ever saw straight, we were grasping at straws. On the bay was born, picket lines were drawn. There was this big bang once, now we're learning to use our thumbs. We need a purpose in life, a survival guide. We need explanations for how. Without a belief